going on down to Ricky's place Where the girls are refined and the men have good taste A subtle joke, a touch of class Bought in a tall martini glass Let's swing them down to Ricky's, down to Ricky's place Hello and welcome to Rick's Martini Bar. I'm Jerry McCarty here with Rick Farmelo and Amanda Raymond. Cheers. 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 And we have a special guest again. Special guest. I'm special. Rachel is here from uh, Northern California. Came to come to Southern Just California. Just because she heard so much Rachel, about special Rick's agent. I'm special. Secret agent. I need to come see what this was she all about. She had to make sure all of our all of our our things were she paid. Works for the all of our license government. was up to date, right? A real liquor license. <laughs> oh yeah. Because we did it in crayon, you thought it wasn't legitimate, but it is, as you noticed. Well, that okay. twenty you let me help. Okay, and we have a huge, very busy show today. Indeed. And we're going to hear, in the background... Can you guess? Who is it? Oh, it's Glenn Campbell. A little gentle on my mind. And Rick and Amanda went and uh, saw... Where did you see we Glenn Campbell? We saw Glenn at the, at the Club Nokia in uh, downtown L.A. A small, cute little venue. It's, a, it's kind of a... It's a big club, but it's... Uh, and it was his farewell tour. He's, he's he's retiring from performing. He did his last album because he's suffering from Alzheimer's. He's suffering Alzheimer's. from Alzheimer's. Yeah, and so we anyway we went, we went and saw him. And it was really special. I'll turn the turn the museum down just a little bit. We'll talk we'll talk about that a little bit first, and then we yeah. have we have lots of stuff going we have on. Tonight. So much stuff to talk. So about. I'll just we'll just briefly do this. I told you I met him a few weeks ago. Yeah. Anyway, it was a really really good show. He he fluffed a couple of his line, you know, lyrics. Yeah. You know, he didn't know he had a teleprompter. He told. I mean, as, as typical with Alzheimer's, he told a couple of jokes maybe three times, three or wow. four times. Yeah. I mean, he just kept repeating, like, the who, who was wow. it that said, I'm proud to be here? It was Minnie Pearl. That's who it was, Minnie Pearl. He said that about three times. Yeah. yeah. He's not just proud to be. Of course, in my eyes, I'm proud to be anywhere. You know, wow. that kind of stuff. Did people but he, keep laughing at every time? Yeah, because he has, I, I read He's the article in the, in the LA Times. He, he has, has three of his kids, right? Three of his kids were played with him. His daughter, drummer. And he looks at them to get, like, focused, right? That's, uh, what, that's what they I said. I don't know. You I don't said that, that maybe, helped him. Maybe, probably, whatever, whatever, wherever he's comfortable. But he was so, I mean, everybody stood and applauded every single song. As yeah. he, and, he, and some of the songs he was dead on and they were great. Like Wichita Lineman, he just nailed it. It was Rhinestone great. Cowboy. Rhinestone that Cowboy. Was, I was tearing Wichita Lineman. I mean, it was just such an emotional movie. Yeah, and people wow. just jumped up after, after he, he finished. Wow. And he was so appreciative. He was so appreciative of everyone's yeah. warmth. Awesome. And he didn't really talk about... What, what this was, or this is my last tour, and he just sort of said, "I'm so pleased to be here, and you guys are so great. great." You know, he goes, "God, you're, I just, I'm so, you know." He was cool. like so like appreciative. Age, I'm just happy to be anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how old is he now? For someone who 70, really doesn't know anything about him, like me. Seven, uh, I think he's about seventy-four. Oh, so he's not a younger guy. He's no, no, no. no. And we were he's ta- been around we, since the early. We were 60s. telling Rachel he started out with the Beach Boys as a session. Well, guy, he right? started out actually as a session guitar player. In the Wrecking Crew in the 60s. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. He, was in, he was a member of the Wrecking Crew. Look at them doing shots over there. Um, <laughs> it's a bar. It's a bar. What do you expect? Oh, they caught us. If only, if only you could see what this is like. Um, anyway, he session guitar, session, and then he he joined the Beach Boys just briefly. 
Anyway, hey, but then like he had all shots, these hits, okay? and as, you, as people who maybe as do or don't so. know, they can look up up on Wikipedia or whatever. Right. Anyway, it was an awesome, awesome night. Nice sideburns. He, he pioneered he this Yeah, nice hair. He had really good hair, man. Good hair. People I used like to have that. hair like that. What was that stuff? That, the dry look. Sexy hair, man. He had the dry, dry look. He had dry look, yeah. The dry look. But he was, he was uh, you know, he's a legend, and it was we were, I think, very honored. Ooh, little Southern Knights here. He, I don't believe he did Southern Nights. Yes, he did. Did he? Did he oh, he I sure like did. That oh, that's right. He did. Now I remember. Yeah. And he was married to. Who was he married to? For T- a while? Tanya Tucker. Tanya Tucker. I believe. I be- the daughter order was. somewhere. I believe in there. the daughter. <laughs> yeah. I believe the daughter. The I believe the daughter certainly is from her because she looks just like Tanya Tucker. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. But it was a, it was really Fair an awesome kind of awesome night. Cool. So okay, and that's the. That's I have to cor- cor- correct one thing from last week. Last week, Amanda wasn't here. No, where were you, Amanda? I was at the what premiere of Real Steel. Oh at yeah, the Universal we're going to talk about that in a second. But I got a couple corrections I got to make because oh, um, I said that Rolling Stone. Yeah, and Rick go. challenged me on it. And it was said right. the fourth greatest song was Macarena, and it was Billboard. Billboard. So kill me. Billboard okay? is so for people who don't really know the music business very well. Rolling Stone is people know it's a rock it magazine. Was a poll, kind though, but of. theirs was a poll too. What what Billboard is is strictly sales. Okay, so it might it, I I could kind of believe that maybe just for for single sales it might have been in the top top five. Okay, that I get. It's not about quality. I'm going to take and, and and believe me, I hate the fact that. Garth Brooks outsells Elvis. I don't or believe he does. Oh, he outsells the Beatles, and right, I'm sure right, he right. does. Baloney. But, but there's one thing to answering an online poll, and there's another thing to actually buying something, to spending 99 cents on something. Yeah. So, who's to say? I mean, that's kind of the best reader poll there is, isn't there? If you got to pay 99 cents. Yeah, I guess. So anyway. So. Okay, and so then you're saying uh, Garth Brooks and the did Garth Brooks do the Macarena? No, no, no he no. did a but, but same not. thing. I'm kidding. Okay, very close. And uh, and then and then also we also talked about we were talking about Frank Sinatra. Yes. And we were mentioning people that are uh, EGOT, like Tracy Morgan says, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Okay. And Hugh Jackman is definitely capable. Of an EGOT, isn't Absolutely. He? I mean, he can do all, all those things. He can things. sing, he can dance. I mean, he can, he can do, this man can do Card everything. tricks he can do. He can do ventrilo- ventriloquism. <laughs> he is one of the nicest, most selfless people I have ever seen. I mean, just, I, I didn't really talk to him much. I just kind of saw him on the red carpet and do interviews with him. But just from how willing he was to promote the movie, how really? loving he is with his fans, he will sign anything. I mean, he just... He's just like a bundle of love. Like, he just will give anything to anyone. Okay, well, give us some real steel, steel music. Steel to Real steel. quick, real steel it's, We music. have to segue into and, the new... And, you the, know, it's, next, kind of a, uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of a good segue because he had really good in the X-Men. He has really good sideburns, too, just like Glenn Campbell. Right. It's Wolverine. Oh, Eminem! <laughs> a little Detroit action. <laughs> yeah. A little Detroit action. Eight, eight Mile, yeah. That's the real steel. Eminem is on the real steel science soundtrack. I like that. Okay, awesome. So, so yeah. anyway, while we were sitting here talking to the Church of Frank Sinatra, you were hanging out talking with Hugh about taking talking about dead, dead people. <laughs> Wait, we were talking about dead people. You're actually talking about people that were working. How about that? <laughs> so take the 
take the, tell us about it. Tell us everything that happened. I um, want to hear everything. It was a pretty grand premiere, I have to say. They had a red carpet that went all throughout CityWalk. Sweet. And uh, the movie theater was there where the red carpet was. They actually had some of the boxing bots from the film. You know, full scale models cool. that were there on the carpet. They had noisy boys. Was there a green one and a they red one, Adam, like the toy? Uh, you know, and their eyes like actually kind yeah, of moved. Yeah, Rock'em Sock'em. That um, I they came up on the stage. Yeah. Like Dakota Goyo came up, and Hugh Jackman, and uh, Sean Levy, who's the director, um, and also uh, Danny Elfman was there. Wow. So we got to interview all of these people, and they had they did this amazing stunt for like all the fans. They said, "Oh, you know, we actually." have some extra seats, so we're going to give fans a chance for some tickets. So raise wow. your hand wow. if you want to see the premiere tonight, if you wow. want to see the film. So, of course, you know, Sean and Hugh went out to the crowd, and they were handing out tickets to people, and it's like, but don't be too crazy or insane, or you're not going to get in, you know? It's like, wow. we want eager people, but we don't want people that are going to be crazy. So, but it was, uh, it was, it was pretty huge, because I think that Hugh Jackman had actually tweeted that he was going to be there. It's like to his fans, it's like, hey, I'm going to be at this thing. The chance that, you know, I'll sign stuff, and which he did. He signed everything that wow. people were presenting to him, and he was so good about it, and, uh, which he always is. And, uh, you know, there might be a chance to get tickets to the premiere. So people were had been lined up there since the premiere started at 6. They had been there since, like, 10 in the morning. Wow. Wow. So they were asking us when we were setting up, like, what are our chances that she was going to sign this? So, well, if you're in the front and you're in his, his, you know, eye level and you're close to, like, the front of the line, he's like, he'll sign it. Because yeah. that's just the kind of guy he is. Cool, cool. But, um, no, he and was he fantastic. Bad. Anthony Mackie was hilarious. He actually got mad at me because we were supposed to have a dress code of a white shirt and black pants. And I didn't really have a white shirt that wasn't long-sleeved, and it was so hot out that day, I was afraid I was going to die with a long sleeve. You just had the white bra. So I had, it was nice. a purple shirt. <laughs> it was a purple shirt with white specks on it, so I still had some white. And he came over, and he's like, he's like, what was your white shirt? He's like, yo, you got a dress code, man. Where's your white shirt? You know, I was like, oh, man, fail. <laughs> so Anthony Mackie got mad at me, but nice. that was kind of funny. Nice. And, and then uh, we actually... Um, Sugar Ray Leonard was there. Oh, so he did. She, I know she didn't know who he was. I'm like, oh, oh he man. did all of the boxing. He did. He she showed he, Hugh Jackman yeah. how to box, and there's this whole scene from behind the scenes footage where Hugh Jackman was actually skipping rope, and he did it like successively like a hundred times or something crazy like that. Even Sugar Ray Leonard was like, holy crap, man, that's impressive. I heard an interview from him, and he said that he. Because he's like a student of boxing. So he like had one robot be like Ali. Oh, cool. One be Marvin Hagler. And one, one was supposed be to be George like, Foreman. Right. Yeah, it's George like each Foreman one he taught punch. them different Just fights. Just like overhand fight punch to the right. back of the so head. Each of the robots yeah. was unique in how they yeah. fought. Like that's, Midas and yeah, cool. you know, oh, Noisy cool. Boy and know that. Zeus. Right. Yeah. Now he's got the uh, George Foreman grill. Hits yes. him with the grill on the grill. <laughs> <laughs> on their grill. So uh, anyway, so it was great. And you saw the movie? I did. The movie was fantastic. And give us, Rachel hasn't it. seen it. I have not seen it yet. So, Rachel hasn't do, seen it. I tell the plot. So, One uh, last quick thing about Sugar Ray Leonard. It was actually, I, our, our producer was there interviewing him. And then afterwards, he's like, Sugar Ray Leonard was totally checking you out. I'm like, no, he wasn't. And then our cameraman turns to me and says, yeah, he was totally checking you out. <laughs> That's not like, it's not like a boxer <laughs> so to do that. Are you sure? I saw, awesome. You know what? I said, <laughs> I don't know. tangent as we usually do. I saw Sugar Ray Leonard at Mezzaluna. Which you know what that restaurant yeah. is famous for? Yeah, that's where Ron Goldman and yeah. Nicole Death. Simpson. It's famous for death. <laughs> but that's where I saw. Oh. I went in there to uh, have some Italian food, and Sugar Ray Leonard was in there, and he was. Uh, but he's awesome. 
Yeah. Again, he's like he's like one of the most intelligent he really cool. boxers. Yeah, he seems very cool. Very... For what he did to Marvin Hagler and what he did to Tommy Hearns, yeah, legendary. Yep. I mean. pl- he's a real charismatic guy. Yeah. He was really, he was awesome. I loved Sugar Ray Leonard. He man. was seventy six Olympics. He did the Ollie Shuffle. Yeah, uh, remember that? Yep, it was like so awesome. He had those legendary fights with. Yeah, I remember well Hagler certainly. Yeah, I mean he was, he fought some tough fights. So I'm going to let Rachel ask you questions. So I don't spoil it, but ask Amanda a question about how uh, how she. We <laughs> <laughs> have five microphones. I feel here. like I know I got like three microphones. Oh, two okay. microphones. It's like meet the press. What am I supposed to ask her? Um. Okay. What was your favorite part of the evening then? <laughs> cool. I mean, well, you're, you're just like Mary. Premiere, you're just like Mary Hart. Yeah. So yeah. You're for the guys there, yes, Evangeline Lilly is absolutely oh, rough and gorgeous. She's so pretty. Like, Evangeline Lilly. She plays like oh. uh, what's her name? Not Bailey. Out. Bailey. Yes, Bailey. Bailey Tell. That's awesome, man. She's she was nice in there. So uh, mm-hmm. good. And a uh, um, couple listeners to the podcast actually were in the movie. Wow! They sent me emails, so I either we're getting they, either Jerry? we're either we're getting more famous listeners, or they're hiring anybody to be in these, <laughs> be in these movies now. So our uh, one of our listeners, Mark Carabio, is in yeah, the scene, and they when they fight in Detroit, and he's wearing a cowboy hat, and uh, and then <laughs> okay, another uh, listener, he's Twin Cities, you said, they, yeah, when, when he's fighting Twin Cities yes. in Detroit, and then uh, Dan and Detroit's my hometown. Thank you. And then Dan Phillips is a makeup artist who listens to the podcast, and he did the makeup for that whole movie, which, when that kid got all well, muddy, he so had to do many, that. there are so many makeup artists that are to the movie. There's not just one makeup artist for the entire film. Ah. So I'd be curious who he works for, because certain actors have certain makeup artists that they prefer. Oh, really? Like, I know Michelle Pfeiffer will only work with this one particular person, and they're like five grand or something for like an hour. I don't know him that I well. Would do, so. I would do it for three fifty. Would you say to make Michelle Pfeiffer pale? Don't her head in a pile of snow. <laughs> so uh, anyway, but a good movie. A little uh, kind of like a, a, a salute to Rocky, a little bit. Yes. You know, I mean, there's a lot of... An homage to Rocky. Yeah, homage to Rocky. But Dakota Goyo was lovely, the little boy in it. I mean, he did a really good job, and he was so gracious on the red carpet and just really professional, and, you know, even though he's, like, a young guy, he's, no 10 or 11, but... Oh, Oh, give him 10 years. We'll see him at the collector show, huh, Jerry? You know, no, you don't be... see in most kids that are, like, 16 or 17, even. Now, was this his you first know, main movie, or... It was his, his first... Big one, I think. I forget what film he was in before this. I had never this seen like him before. This was like his breakout film. He was yeah. awesome in it. He mm-hmm. was really good in it. No, he did. A, he did. A this, could be a, this could be a star-making he role for him. He did some huh? emotional acting in it too. Mm-hmm. He actually had to do some. It wasn't a. It wasn't a walk through the park. I mean, it wasn't a layup. So was this film actually based on like game, the Rock'em Sock'em Robots? Anybody else? Have you know, it's based on something I told you about months ago. I said, you know, this sounds like a Twilight Zone episode. And it was. And I told you all about it, and then. That was the end of it, and then you read in the paper that it actually was really on the, the one with Lee yep. Marvin. You ever see it? It's awesome. I forget what it's called, but then the, 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 the script has been in the works for years. Like the two producers, um, Susan Montford and um, Don Murphy, were saying that they this script has been something they've wanted to do. I think for either six or seven years. I forget their interview. Wow! But it's, well, it's I, been in the works for a while. I totally, I totally uh, kind of agree with the the concept is that by, that fighting was becoming so violent. Yeah. That they wanted robots to do it, right. and I could right. totally see that happening, where they would like want to sanction all the 
They want to make it so safe. Yeah, because they want it like the Coliseum, like in the gladiators. Yeah. It's like kill, right. kill, kill. It's like we really want the machines to kill each right. other. Well, that's what, the, really that's, that's what the Twilight Zone right. thing was. But in the Twilight Zone episode, the robot breaks down. And they said, "Look, you got—you know—they're they're, going to get all this money for this fight, and then you have to—you've got to get that robot in there to fight, or you're not going to get your money." Wow. So what he does is, the trainer says, "I'll just—I'll fight him." And it's like, "You can't do that. You're going to get killed." Because I don't care. Like, I need the money. So he pretended he was the robot. Wow. Lee Marvin. Was it Lee Marvin? I think it was Lee Marvin. Wow. I won't I tell you. I won't that tell you it happened, but it's an awesome. It's an so awesome episode. explain to me this. How come boxing is so popular in the movies and not popular at all anymore? It's not that popular. Cinderella like, Man wasn't very popular. It's, it's disappearing. But like Rocky and yeah, because you because in the you know in the, in the in the movies you don't have somebody biting somebody's ear right. or hitting them when the referee says break. <laughs> you know you don't have that kind of stuff in the movie. In the movie it's heroic and, and boxing, there's always some heart wrenching story in the background yeah, going on right. too that doesn't yeah, make sense. Box, real boxing is kind of real a boxing mess. is terrible. a little bit of a mess. No. Yeah, I mean it's like they've. It's corrupt and it's yeah. it needs to, it's it's a mess. It needs to be cleaned up. It was a big step up for Sean Lee because he basically did romantic comedies before this. Right. And this was like his first kind of more serious. Did role. he used to write, be a, a writer? I'm not Ooh. sure. Because I have a Sean. There's a Sean Lee Wait. that wrote Spielberg it. Spielberg had said like when one of his quotes was, "You know, I've told Sean that he's directed a lot of movies, but this is your first oh. film." I wanted to ask Rick and Amanda about this because I was so I took my son Evan to see Real Steel today, and we loved it. It was awesome, and. Uh, the preview was for the new Mission Impossible. Directed uh-huh. by Brad Bird. By Brad Bird. Yeah. What? Who directed Iron John and The Incredibles and Ratatouille. Right. So it's... are they going to put, like, Tom Cruise in a <laughs> red suit with, like, M.I. in the middle or something? And, 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 and uh, so anyway, I, I, I thought I saw Brad Bird as the director. Yes. And then I had, uh-huh. to, I had to IMDB it. Yeah. To he is see, indeed. and yes, he is indeed he the director. To, he was supposed to direct a different. And his he's, first, his first live action movie. And he, he finished that, so that's in the can, and that's going to come out in November. Speaking of animation directors switching over, Andrew Stanton is directing John Carter. Oh, really? That's a whole. Good, that's going to be a whole other podcast. I saw the that's, that's the director of. That's so Club. weird that those guys are doing that. And and, and you know what, Brad Bird is directing now. A movie about the San Francisco fires. Oh, yeah. Earth, earthquake. Earthquake. Earth, 1906 Earthquake. Yep. That's who he's supposed to be oh, first. I thought he was supposed to be first. He was supposed to be into the... I drank too much. I can't even say yeah, something. That's what we like. Oh, that's what we like. Cheers. That's what we like. Cheers. There we go. Yeah. There we are. Subsequently led to fires. Don't use words like subsequently at the bar. So there was an earthquake and then the fire started. What happened yeah. was the earthquake happened. I was... I was very young. I was very young when it happened. Yeah. What happened was we got to call Larry Fine. Come on there. Larry is. You know what? Larry's going to call. I think next week. Next week. Okay. He, good. You have to understand how things are up in heaven. You're having a premonition. Of up in heaven, you, they, they they don't make as many phone calls as you think they could. You think they could call whenever they want? No. It's almost like prison, but nice. Anyway, he's he might call next week. He said. Okay. Cool. We can ask him. So about it. we'll find out. Um, I was going to make a point, and what was it? We were I talking about I the fires. Oh, the fires. Uh, in 1906, what happened was the, the earthquake fires. happened. It broke all the gas lines. Okay, that's what started the fires. But it also broke the water lines. Oh. So they couldn't put the fires out. Oh. So they just had to let the city burn to the ground. Wow. Which was th- – that's why the, all these fires were so so bad because there's no water to put the fire out. 
Okay. So you so you you explain well, that you explain that in about thirty yeah, seconds, and Brad Bird is going to take two hours to explain that to us. Well, I, there's more to it than that. You saw that movie with with Clark Gable and, and Spencer Tracy called San no, Francisco. The only, the only earthquake movie I saw was Irwin Allen with O.J. Yes. Simpson. <laughs> Sense around. Okay, do we Sense around. Talk about this because I live in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get used to it. Get used to it. Okay. Well, you know what? We've already gone past it. But kind. I have to do. What oh, we have to do a Rick story. No, not it's not even a Rick story. I get it. The There's one thing I needed to do tonight. I'll tell a story too, but we needed. I needed to give a shout out. Oh yeah. To a hero of mine, a hero of a lot of us Raider oh, fans. Oh yeah. Okay. For those of us in the Raider Nation, the Raider Nation. Our leader Al Davis passed away yesterday at the age of 82, and it was very, very sad. I don't think it was completely unexpected. He was getting up there, and he had help. He's been having health problems, but just the fact that he had passed away yeah. was shocking, and it was it was sad and. Those of us who followed the who have followed the Raiders for many years, it's it's devastating. He's been the only owner of the Raiders. Right. He he bought them in. I, well, they, start, they they started the franchise in 1960. He bought them in 63. Um, but he's really been the only real owner, well, and it's like he he passed away yesterday. Today was the first, obviously the first game after his, after his passing. They played the Houston uh, uh, Texans today. Texans, yeah. And the Raiders, it was a, it was a, it was an amazing. I mean, the, the, like I said, it was a real emotional game, and you could see they were talking about him on TV the whole day. And the Raiders intercepted a pass in the end zone with like two seconds left to win the game, yeah. and it was, it was awesome. And you cut to Hugh Jackson, who was crying on the sidelines, who was the head coach of the Raiders. Mark Davis, whose Al's son was up in the up in the owner's box, crying and hugging, and there was all this hugging, very emotional. But I just wanted to give a shout out to Good Al Davis, you. who did. Amazing things, for and I'm, I'm glad to I'm glad to hear it from you because he brought you some championships, yeah. and I was Three kind rings. of I yeah. this morning in the LA Times there was an article about a lot, what a, lot of articles in, what a in great today's. guy he was, but it's in in the LA Times it's kind of it's because, a little bitter bittersweet because it, no because they've ripped on him they've yeah. never said anything good about him because Davis. he took him because he took him out of he took. The, Which is what the they used to do up in Oakland. When he took him from Oakland to come to Allen in the first place, there's yeah. nothing but negative stuff yeah. about him. He was not like a warm, fuzzy guy. So I will give he you, did what he had to do to I, I'm glad to hear your, your comments because you've been consistent. You have not abandoned. You never abandoned Al Davis. No, no. no, no. And, I know. Uh, we, I have no. We, you, you have, when you grow up with this team, yeah. you've, you've heard it all and you've seen it all. But his main focus was he loved that. That football team was his family. Okay. And winning was everything. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, get a get a Raiders story ready or something, or uh, 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 or a boxing story. I got ready. A, kind of a. Cool we can talk about when you met Ken Norton, but I got to do a couple plugs real quick here the, for our sponsors. I can't do the story. You, want you do the story after my sponsors. Sounds good. Okay, I got to thank Frankie's Italian Restaurant who gave us yes. food tonight for yes. free. It was awesome. <laughs> Yummy. Good Frankie. Thanks, good. Frankie's. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love you, Frankie. Oh yeah, we love Frankie's. Who's Frankie? <laughs> and uh, oh, and uh, yeah. so anyway, uh, if you're in uh, Valencia, California, visit Frankie's Italian Restaurant. You also got one on Melrose. If you happen, to make, if you happen to make a wrong turn, you end up in Valencia. Yeah. And you're hungry. Or, or if you're in, if you're at the uh, Civic down. Design Center on Melrose, go across the street. They're right across mm-hmm. the street from there. Oh, and you cool. Can go to, uh, it's delicious. Good their, their, yeah, their, it's a great place. Melrose. So, so visit Frankie's. And uh, we're going to try to do something with them uh, in the future. Also, PB Imaging. We have to uh, thank them and uh, their sponsor. And if you visit PB Imaging, we get a little piece of that. And our our KH 
TSAM1220 yes. in Santa Clarita. Our new, our new, our new, <laughs> our, our new home. <laughs> our new home for the podcast, which will be here. Do, do we get parking? And do we, we get a parking place? At we, least? We, I think, uh, yeah. You, I think you get a parking place, parking. but I don't. Okay. We have to park at Walmart. I think we have to park at Walmart. We get a park at Walmart and walk. Okay. So, anyway, so KHTSAM1220. In Santa Clarita, thank you. And audible.com, you can get an audio, audible book, maybe learn about that 1906 earthquake. <laughs> if you listen, want. To, listen to the story of the earthquake, Jerry, right? <laughs> yeah. Not read about it. I don't it. want to read to a it. book. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. who does? Who does? Who does? Okay, so you got a story. So you tell, uh, tell uh, well, since it's a raid, I get a, it's kind of a cool little little raider story. Let me think. I met a, I've met a lot of the Oakland Raiders through the years because they used to train in Santa, uh, Santa Rosa. No so affiliation we, to Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, absolutely not. <laughs> anyway, we'd go hang out with them, not hang out with them. We'd follow them all over town and stuff, and we'd see you know, Fred Blitnikoff and Stabler. They used Stop to be her. roommates. But, you know, when you're a Fred kid. Fred Blitnikoff, mister, what do you, Pine Tire, you would put, what do you no, put on his arm? Lester Hayes. No, Blitnikoff, put that crap on. Stick them all over his arm. Stick them. <laughs> anyway, uh, Hall of Fame. So that's all I, yeah, I, rest, I rest my case. Um, but I, one time when I was down here, okay, and they, they, moved, to L, they moved to L.A., and um, I was in a video store on Barham, and I heard this guy. I was in there just kind of minding my own business looking for videos, and I hear this guy walk in. He's a big, loudmouth guy. Just, hey, everybody. Just yelling. He has his two really pretty girls with him. I'm like, who is this? And I wasn't really looking at him. I just heard this loud. It's like, this is this loud mouth. He's just bellowing and talking really loud so people will notice him. And I turn around, it's John Matuzak. Whoa. From the Raiders. Yeah. But he had just retired about two years ago. And I'm like, holy crap, that's John Matuzak. And he's just being really funny and loud. And, and so I walk over and I said, excuse me, Mr. Matuzak, I'm a huge Raider fan. You're a Raider fan. What's your name? I told him, oh, Rick, listen, Rick, I got a TV show coming out. It's called The Whatevers. It's, <laughs> it's going to be on tomorrow night. you got to watch it. And I want you to tell all your Raider fans to watch it. And he signed it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, tomorrow night on ABC. And he signed a little uh, little business card. You know, he signed you know, the twos you know, and everything. And he was really, he was just like, you keep rooting for those Raiders, man. And he was like, the, he was like so cool. And it's like, that's exactly how he was like on the football field, this yeah. really loud kind of crazy guy. And that's how he was in person. But really, really nice guy. So. Cool. That's my little Raider story. Awesome. Well, thank you for the story. Go Raiders. And go go Raiders. Raiders. And, uh, go Lions. Go Lions. Go Lions. Thanks for joining us. Good luck. And the men have good taste. A touch of pass. Ford in a dull martini glass.